Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 384 of the Juicebox podcast. This episode is also the eighth in the After Dark series. I call them After Dark because they're topics that don't normally see the light of day. We've tackled drinking, weed smoking, trauma, addiction, sex from both the female and male perspective, depression and self-harm, divorce and co-parenting. And today's episode is with Jonathan. Jonathan, among other things, has bipolar disorder, ADHD, and depression. He also has type 1 diabetes. He's been in DKA a number of times and has had a couple of failed suicide attempts. Jonathan's life is going in a different direction now, and he was looking for some conversation about it, and that led to this episode. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. If you're concerned that the topics I've mentioned may bother you, this probably isn't the episode for you, and it very, very likely is not for your child to listen to, at least not alone. I want to thank the sponsors of this episode, Dexcom, makers of the G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, and Omnipod, makers of the tubeless insulin pump that my daughter has been using forever and ever and ever. You can get a free, no-obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And to learn more about the Dexcom G6 and even to get started, you can go to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. There are links in the show notes right there in your podcast player and at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click the links, you're supporting the show. There are a few little electronic noises in the first number of minutes of the show, but we get them worked out. I am Jonathan. A lot of people call me John the Diabetic. <laughs> uh, kind of grew on that name. I have type 1 diabetes. John, where do you get John the Diabetic from? Is this a, we're all standing around one day and it comes up, or how does that happen? Um, it, it was one day with me and my friends were at the bowling alley in a, town I, a little town I used to live in. And I don't remember exactly what went on, but I did something funny. I don't remember what it was. It was something to do with a pool table. Um, but uh, they they started laughing and stuff. I said, yes, it's me, John the Diabetic. And ever since then, it's just been John the Diabetic. Like that. <laughs> Listen, there's a little bit of an electrical noise behind you. Are you um, talking to me with your cell phone or with a computer? Uh, with my cell phone. Your cell phone. Okay. Um, it's no big deal. I was just, I was wondering if we could move your cell phone away from your computer, but if that's, are you near anything else or no? Like electronic? Uh, no. Cool. Okay. All right. Um, so am I to infer that whatever thing you did was silly and you were you blaming your like you're like my blood sugar is low or you know how i get or is, was that kind of the vibe um backing up in the in the bowling alley were you sort of talking about the name or yeah yeah i was just wondering like when you responded you know i'm you know it's me i'm john the diabetic was that because do you do a lot of were you doing a lot of things that were attributed to your diabetes or you just pulled it out of your ass 
Uh, I just pulled it out of my head. <laughs> okay, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Really? Okay. Well, listen, you could have a worse. I thought I thought it was funny. I, I thought it was funny. Like I, uh, ever since I became a diabetic, I've uh, always uh, made it a fun thing. So I wait when it bring me down personally. Oh, I see. Because uh, I've met other diabetics that uh, are are way worse than me. Like they they would let the diabetes bring them down and stuff. So. I decided not to do that. Yeah, just not to be sad about it and and those sorts of things. I hear you. Okay, so so how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 12 years old. Um, November the 11th of 2012, I got diagnosed. 2012, okay. November, which is kind of... Uh, uh, a big deal for me on that day because November the 11th of 2011, my grandma had passed away from type one diabetes. So, and how old it took was a toll on me? Because do what? No, I was just going to ask you how old was your? Did your grandmother have type one her entire life? Yes, she did. Okay, and, and she, I believe she was 62 when she passed. Okay. All right, so she passed from, like, I mean, you were young back then. Do you even know? Is it complicated? Do they call it complications of type 1, or did she have um, something specific, like a heart attack, or what? Do you remember what happened? My my mom told me that it was complications of uh, heart, of her heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said her heart gave out. Yeah. Um, I don't exactly know what happened. But my mom's uh, my mom says it was because her heart gave out, and I don't know if I mean I believe her, you know. Yeah, but, yeah sure. Uh, I don't know if it was because of that or the type one diabetes. Well, it's very possible um, I don't that know if my mom told me it was just because her heart. Yeah. To keep me like uh, not upset about it, oh, I guess. Oh, I see. Not to think that maybe the diabetes is what what would help her end her life uh, early. And I say, maybe your mom was protecting you, but right. you know, I mean, now, you know, you're older, the type one, if it's, you know, it could affect your, you know, her heart and, you know, you could end up having a heart attack, but the heart attack might be facilitated by, you know, her blood sugars being maybe out of whack or high throughout her life. Um, right, well, I'm right. so sorry. I'm sorry to hear. I know it's a long time ago, but I'm sorry to know that I I'm even more, kind of amazed as I'm sure you probably were on that day that one, one exact year later you're diagnosed. Yeah. yeah. It, it took a big toll on me. I, I was depressed from that day on till I want to say three months ago, three months ago, I f- think I finally made out of depression and and how, it, it it was a big toll on yeah. me. It really was. Tell me, tell me how old you are now. Uh, I am twenty. You're twenty. Uh, twenty and a half. So through your entire sort of adolescence, you just you you were were you clinically depressed? Were they giving you were you taking medication for it? Uh, no, uh, I was not taking medication for it. Uh, I I never uh, did like to go to therapists or anything or doctors or anything. I just kind of, uh, I don't know what you 
call people like this, but uh, I guess you would say I'm one of those people that just deals with uh, stuff by themselves, I guess. Yeah, you kind of just internalized it all and tried to work through it. And how did you, I mean, what were some of the things you did to try to work? It's interesting, right? Like from 12 years old till till 20, uh, what were some of the things you tried to do to help yourself? One was smoking marijuana. <laughs> that was one that uh that kind of helped actually i ain't smoked since this last may though i kind of gave up on it but uh uh smoking well when i was a kid from like 12 to 16 i was taking this medication called depakote because i was originally put on it for my anger issues when i was a little kid okay that kind of like helped a little bit um because it's a mood stabilizer and around uh, that around the depakote was that prior to the diabetes diagnosis uh that was actually that was actually before uh i got put on that in 2009 okay um and i was taking it from 2009 to i want to say 2016 uh because 2015 i started having seizures really bad and the doctor that put me on it uh, told me that Depco helps with seizures too. But I found out that Depco actually causes seizures as well. Um, it depends on, I guess he said, or I looked up on a documentary and stuff about it. And it said, depending on how much milligrams of it you take, uh, depends on the outcome pretty much. Okay. Um, they had me taking. 1500 milligrams of Depakote a day. Um, because well, I, I used to have seizures, right? And uh, when 2016 hit, I was having seizures like every once a month, every two months, something like that, you know. And I finally just quit taking it and I switched over to marijuana. Well, so I'm looking here because you're talking about things I don't, I don't know about, and it is, it's really interesting. Depakote is. And, you know, an anti-convulsant, so it's prescribed for seizures. It's also prescribed for bipolar disorder, but doesn't, and, and can also help yes. prevent migraines, it says. It seems like it has a couple of different uses. Um, and, and you were given it specifically for the seizures? Uh, specific, uh, uh, I was actually given it for uh, the bipolar and ADHD. And then, like, a year later, we found out it helped with seizures, so I stayed on it because I had seizures growing up. Gotcha. Are are you? Are, I had have you one been... when I was five. My oh, God. I had one when I was ten. Had one when I was fifteen. And then as soon as I start, turned sixteen, I just had them like every month, every two months, and all that. They became more frequent. Okay. Um, have you been diagnosed with bipolar disorder? Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, I've been diagnosed with bipolar, ADHD, ADD. And ADHI, which I don't know if you know what that is. Not too many people do. I don't, Jonathan. That one's new for me. Can you tell me about it? What it is is you do stuff on impulse. You do stuff without thinking. Um, and that does not mix. I can tell you right now, that does not mix well with bipolar or ADHD at all. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a thing, but the doctor told me that it was. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All 
All right, so I'm going to ask you a question in a second, but before I do, I want to real quick disconnect the Zoom and reconnect it just to see if I can get the noise out of it, okay? And so I'm literally going to hang up on and, and, right. and reopen it right away so you can click back into the link in like 20 seconds, all right? All right, cool. So hopefully this will do something. If it doesn't, I'm, I'm going to live with it. I just wanted to, it was worth a shot. You know what I mean? Right, right. Okay, so, all right, I'd, I'd like, if you can, to explain to me how bipolar affects your life like what is it how does it kind of ebbs and flows am i right you have different kind of segments of of experiences so for example when i was five years old um it was i was in kindergarten uh it was pajama day um my mom doesn't believe in wearing pajamas to school i wore my pajamas and she told me get ready for school i told her i was ready she said I wasn't going to go to school in pajamas. So I went to the bus stop anyway, and she picked me up, took me home, and said, you're not going to school unless you get real calls on. So I went to my room, and I had a metal bed frame, and I just banged my head on it, like banged my head on it, because the bipolar, that, at that time, the bipolar took over. Mm -hmm. Um and my head was bleeding and pretty bad because of it. She ran in there and was like, what the heck, John? What the heck? And she took me to the ER and stuff because it was bleeding bad. Um, but that that's the worst incident I've had because of that. I've had my moments where I would just flip out for no reason or something mm -hmm. but uh over the years i started to learn how to control it i had a anger uh breakthrough i guess you would say in the last year and a half two years maybe okay which i'm really surprised i mean i, I still uh have my moments where i want to just hit on a wall or something or destroy something, you know, but I, I keep, I keep calm about it and I, I learn how to control it. Do you experience sort of the classic signs of like, you know, kind of high energy, like the mania where you don't really need to sleep and you kind of lose touch with reality. And then is there a depressive side of it where you're kind of more low energy? Does that sound familiar to you or does it not? Yes. Okay. Uh, I have that a lot, actually. I didn't even know that was a thing, actually. But, uh, yes. Um, so, like, some days I'll wake up and I, I just, uh, I just have those mornings where, like, I don't want to do anything. I don't have the energy for anything. All I do is sleep. Um, uh, can those times go on for like long periods, like weeks and months? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think last month, last month was pretty bad about that. I, I, I mean, I went to work and stuff, but I, I would go to work, um, from three to 10 cause, uh, I closed, uh, but I would go to work for like five days a week and then, after as soon as I would get off, I would go straight to bed and then sleep till one or two 
get up, stay in my bed, and then 30 minutes before I had to work, I would go to work and then repeat. You just, you just having to do it out of necessity. Like you need the money, you need the job, so you're forcing yourself yep. to do it. Yep, yep. Okay. And so do you see a doctor for the bipolar? Uh, no. Um, I The last time I seen a doctor for any of that was, I think I was eight. Or no, I was nine. Yeah, I was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I only seen him for a year and a half. After that, I told my mom I never wanted to go see another one. Um, I I don't know why I'm like that. I just don't like talking to the therapists or doctors about that stuff. I like to uh, figure it out on my own, which I probably should go see a doctor for it. I probably should. Well, yeah, I mean, I know someone who who has bipolar and it took them a, a, a fair amount of time. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. They didn't walk into a doctor's office and just come out with the answer, but they found a good doctor and have had like real, like real breakthroughs with, with medication. It's funny as you're saying it, they have ADHD as well. This person I'm talking about, um, I don't see them getting, uh, angry or, or they don't hurt themselves, like bang their head on things or anything like that. But they, they do get really kind of, uh, internal sometimes, you know, you know, and you don't see them for long periods. Uh, when they come back, they kind of look like they haven't kept themselves up for a while. Like just, you know, like visually hair, nails, like things like that, you know, like little, little things. Um, yeah. I mean, do you have healthcare, uh, insurance? Um, I, yes. Uh, I had, uh, Medicaid, um, from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had that till I was, uh, 18 or I just turned 19 and they finally dropped it. And then I got put on in-home health care, in home health care. Um, and I was only on that for about six months and then they dropped to that. Why they never told me, um, I was 19 and a half. And I had no insurance, no way to get my insulin, no way to get my diabetic supplies. I was bouncing from job to job at the time. Okay. And because uh, I was I was so depressed, I didn't want to work. But at the same time, I just I just worked for like a week just to get a check so that way I can go get the stuff I need. Yeah. And uh, that that was a hard time in my life no, I imagine. uh one of the hard times anyway um but uh i i started going to walmart because they have this insulin called 7030 mm-hmm. and i don't know if you know what that is i um, know walmart has a cheaper insulin uh that that's very it's affordable it, it's, through cash it costs 23 dollars and stuff yeah but uh I was buying that and using that. What it is is the long-lasting and short-lasting insulin mixed. And that insulin, I didn't know how to use properly because I could, I didn't see no doctors because I had no insurance and I didn't want to see a doctor and not have insurance because uh, then bills stuff adds up. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, so I, I didn't see a doctor for almost two years. Um, uh, I, I was just doing the stuff on my own, everything. 
uh, I, I kept up pretty with it pretty good. Uh, I did do that. Um, and then I moved to another town, which is where my mom lives now, which is like two hours from where I was living. Uh, but I went, I, I came up here and I set up a doctor and stuff because I, I, I figured it's time to start taking action because I started feeling really crappy every day. Um, just not enough energy, feeling weak all the time. Um, all that, you know. So I set up a doctor and they got me uh, Medicaid and all that. Now I'm getting insulin and stuff. And I don't have to pay for it now, um, which is a relief. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I have a doctor now. I'm taking care of myself better now. Good for you. Um, I just started seeing the doctor, um, I want to say June, this recent June. Oh, that's soon. Oh, it's recently. Yeah, I for people listening, it, that's just two months ago when we're talking now. Back in January, I think at the end of January, I went into DKA, uh, diabetic keto acids. Um, it was the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life. Um, it, it felt like the devil was inside of me, just tear, ripping me apart. My chest was burning. It felt like my chest was getting torn apart. Uh, I couldn't breathe. My shoulders and arms, I couldn't lift them because they hurt so bad. Mm. Um, and my buddy Mikey, we were going to the store, and I felt like that. And uh, one of the workers at Walmart, uh, he was a diabetic. And he said, uh, he seen, I dropped down to the ground. He asked me if I was okay. And he seen my diabetic tattoo on my arm. And he said, uh, what what are you feeling? I told him, and he said, you need to go to the hospital now. And I was like, what do you mean? What's going on? And he's like, I'm, I'm a diabetic too, and you need to go now. And so he picks me up over his shoulders, and him and my buddy got in um, my buddy's car and put me in there. And this worker just walked off his shift to save me. Wow, that's <laughs> I, amazing. I thought that was the most uh, crazy thing ever. Jonathan, I got to tell you, it just made me cry a little bit. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's really something. So uh, we went to the ER, and when we got there, they were like, what's going on? And I told them, I need to see a doctor now. I'm, I, I feel like I'm dying. And they they got me back there. There was 10 people in the waiting room, and I felt so bad for it, too. There was 10 people before me, but they put me before them 10 people. I felt so bad for it. But they said, you're, you're about to die. You were number one at that moment in time. Wow. And I, I thank them for it, yeah, but I still feel bad for it, too. Wow. That's just how that works, man. That's, that's, there's yep. nothing wrong with that. I, I was in the hospital for two days for that. And they had me stuck up to IVs um, and all, all that, you know, yeah. procedures. <laughs> uh, and then they finally let me out. Is that sort of the moment that brought you to, like, I'm going to 
like pay closer attention to my type one or like you're even talking about kind of feeling like you snapped out of some depression at that point too. What do you think happened? I, I, I was, I mean, I've been close to death more than once. Um, but that right there, that, that got to me. It, it made me open my eyes and made me more alive than what I was. I guess you would say, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I am too. Just so you know, <laughs> jeez. But it, it 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 made me open my eyes to reality, and I was like, I need I need to start doing this. I need to start taking care of myself because I had a cousin. His name was. He had type one diabetes, and he had seizures too. <laughs> And he died at age 26, I believe, wow. because he didn't take care of himself properly like I wasn't. And uh, I started to check my blood sugars and stuff because I never really checked my blood sugars since I, I want to say since I was 16. Um, uh, and I think a lot of that had to do with marijuana. <laughs> but uh, how so? You just kind of. You just felt so chilled you didn't care or? Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, that's it. And that's why I kind of gave up on it back in this last May because I, 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 I finally realized that when I'm high on marijuana, I, I don't care about anything, not even myself. I just chill and, and do whatever. And I realized I can't do that. I cannot do that. Yeah. No, it takes a level of um you have to be interested in your diabetes that's for sure yes yes and i've i've learned a lot this year um this year was the most i've learned about myself and my diabetes in any time in my life um well you had a lot go you have a lot going on man i i'm are you you're back closer to your mom now is that right uh yes is that uh, been I helpful? actually moved up to so i was living in uh a town name and uh last year when my son's mother broke it off uh which was august 26 which actually today's officially a year since me and her's been split which that's ironic too <laughs> uh i moved up here the 27th of august of 2019 to uh which is close to um and uh march 12th yeah march 12th i went back down to for my son's birth and i got stuck down there for a couple of months and in this last may i came back up to to my mom's and uh i've been living up here since then your boy's five months old now this coming 12th, he will be six months. He'll be six, he'll be six months really soon. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Yeah, he's healthy. Everything's good? Yes, he is very healthy. Um, he 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 looks a lot like me. I, I could not believe how much he looked like me. Strange, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Wait till 20 years from now when he's saying to you that you're just like, oh, that's something I would have said to my mom. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But we want to get we want to get you to twenty years from now, Jonathan. Right? right I mean, it right, sounds like you right. want to be there too. So, right. um, you know, listen, 
it's hard for me not to think while we're talking that you are discussing health and life issues with me. And, and when you're talking about them, I feel like you have the problems of, you know, somebody in their mid thirties. And at the same time, you're the same age as my son who, you know, we almost don't let be in charge of anything. Uh, so <laughs> he's, right. he's got very limited, um, you know, he goes to school and he, and he takes care of his, you know, his physical self on his own. He has friends and, but we're not putting, he's not in charge of understanding, uh, bipolar disorder, um, all the ADs and H's and all that you have, and, you know, hasn't tried to manage a, a serious health condition with marijuana. Um, and, and, you know, have type one diabetes, you have a lot going on, man. Like you need, I think you, you found some grounded points, which is, is great. But I, I think you really need some support from people who can kind of help guide you a little bit. Um, so let's start with, is your mom that person or is she not the kind of person we'd put in charge of something like this? Um, I mean, she could be somebody that we could put in charge for that. Good. But, um, me, me and my mom have a lot of issues that we don't talk about. So I, I, I involve her not as much as I probably should, but I, I pretty much just do it on my own. Yeah. Well, I think that I, I, Listen, if, if involving your mom creates different problems, you know, we, we can't just trade one issue for the other. That's not going to, it's not really going to help you at all. Um, right. it, it, how did you find me? Like, why are we talking right now? How did that happen? Um, actually, uh, I got on Pandora and I started, I was looking up podcasts and I came across Juicebox. I didn't know what it was at all. So I, I listened to one of them. I don't remember what episode it was. I think it was in the 300s, mm-hmm. but it was the self-harm one about where that uh, chick was talking about self-harm and stuff. Yeah. I listened to that and that made me cry. That, that, that made me cry. <laughs> um, uh, and at, at the end of the podcast, well, I listened to a couple of them. I don't know, remember which one it was, but at the end of one of them, uh, and said, if you said, uh, if you have type one diabetes or know of somebody with type one diabetes, I would like to have an interview or talk to them or something. So you just reached out. I, I went on to, I found, and I actually uh, typed in your name on Facebook because I found out your name was Scott Benner, and I went to see if you were on Facebook, and you was. And that's when I swung you that first text. That's right. You messaged me on Facebook. That's right. Well, so did listening to her talk about her issues, did you feel like some commonality with it? Did you have similar feelings or no? Uh, I I felt what she was going through. I mean, I never, I never, uh, I'm not trying to put her business out there. Uh, She she already did it. It's okay. It's in an episode. She knows. Don't uh, worry. (laughs) But I, I mean, I, I have. Uh, I've never cut myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never, I couldn't say self harm myself, but I never did those things. Okay. Um, cause I have tried to self harm myself, just not in those type of way. But I, I understood what she was going through. Um, me and her go through different things, uh, as I can tell, but 
I can relate to what she's going to yeah. or going through. And that, that hit me really hard. And I think it hit everybody pretty hard, Jonathan, to be honest with you. I think that everybody that heard it felt that way too, but you have more of a, maybe you have a little more of a connection to the, to the feeling than, than some others do. Yes. And, um, I, I, I felt the way she was talking to you and how comfortable she felt talking to you. And so, and I, and you seemed like a pretty understanding guy and stuff, you know? So I, I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe this can help a little bit. Cool. You know? Well, I hope it can. I, um, I, I think, I think we're on our way to under, I think I understand, you know, the, the basic overview of your situation. Um, I did want to ask though, just a second ago, you said you, you've tried to hurt yourself, but not in that way. What have you done? All right, let's take a little break. I'll tell you a little bit about the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. It is just that, an insulin pump with no tubing. Be clear about what that means. There's no infusion site on your body that leads to a thing that you have to carry, a controller or you know, the thing holding the insulin. Sometimes you'll see people's tubing run all through their clothing and you know they've got to hang this thing on their belt None of that happens with the Omnipod. The Omnipod is one device. It is self-contained. It goes right on the body and the insulin's right there with it. So there's no tubing or controller to lead back to. How could that be? Well, because the controller you'll use for the Omnipod is wireless. It just goes in your pocket or in your bag, but it's not connected to you. You're not gonna have to stuff it in your bra or down your shorts or in your pocket or in your sock. You can just, you know, carry it the way you carry things. Be normal. I love the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump for my daughter because she can bathe with it, swim with it, and be active with it, constantly getting the basal insulin that she needs. There's no disconnecting for soccer, softball, working out at the gym. You're always getting the insulin the way you're meant to. It's a huge thing. Too many times... We talk ourselves into believing it's okay to disconnect for an hour or two. I have to because, you know, I'm doing something active, but it's really not the way to go. And with the Omnipod, you don't have to. You don't even have to take my word for how this works because Omnipod will send you a free, no obligation demo right in the mail. All you have to do is go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box, fill in a tiny bit of information about yourself, and the pod experience kit will show up right at your door. You can try it on and wear it. Go take that swim. See what you think. And if you don't like it, doesn't matter because there's no obligation and it didn't cost you a cent. I'm going to tell you about something that just happened here in the house. Arden had to change her pump. So she changed her pump. She's Zoom learning right now. You know, she's doing the school online. And she's in a room by herself kind of quietly. And I was trying not to bother her. And her blood sugar started to go up at the site change. So we weren't able to make an adjustment to it until right around 190 blood sugar. So the new pod's on, right? We're bolusing, trying to get it down, but she kind of ends up leveling out at 200. Now she's done school and she's hungry. She wants soup with crackers. And she's gonna have a couple of potato chips, she tells me. This is like 70 carbs, but her blood sugar's 200. What do I do? She's hungry right now. She hasn't eaten all morning. I'm able to make a bolus for the correction plus the food, a full bolus on top of that 200 blood sugar. 
and then watch as Arden's blood sugar comes down right there on her Dexcom G6. And at the exact right time, I give her the food. I'm gonna catch the drop of the insulin with the food and level her out. And I can do that because I can see her blood sugar. That's just one way I use the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. There's plenty of other ways. That is just one way I use it. I'm looking right now and her blood sugar is 115 and still diagonal down. It's indicating that it's falling still slightly. But I love that because I gave Arden her food at 150. This is going to level out. It's going to be amazing. Head to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to find out more about the Dexcom G6. You can learn about no finger sticks, uh, about direction arrows, alarms to tell you when you're leaving ranges that you set, and the share feature, which allows people with an Android or iPhone to follow a loved one with type 1 diabetes. And look at this. Arden's blood sugar still indicating diagonal down, but is now at 119, which means we are leveling off. Her food's been going in for about the last 20 minutes but the insulin's been active for over 45 minutes. That is not something I could have done blindly. I needed the Dexcom G6 for that. And you know I made that bolus with an Omnipod, right? All right, let's get back to Jonathan. Links in the show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com for these and all of the sponsors. Just a second ago, you said you, you've tried to hurt yourself, but not in that way. What have you done? Um, uh, I, I, I this is gonna be hard. <laughs> Take your time. Uh, um, I was living in the town I was living in. I got so depressed that my mom don't even know this, and I don't know if I have the heart to tell her this. I mean, it happened back in twenty, the beginning of twenty seventeen, I do believe, but. I tried to hang myself, um, and it, it obviously it didn't work. Um, the knot somehow got untied when I kicked the little milk crate out from underneath me. And, well, there was a couple milk crates, but uh, the, I was hanging there for a minute, and I thought it was going to hold. And then finally, I just dropped down to the ground. I was like, it, it ain't my time. It, it's not my time. And uh, I, it, it, it was another year from that, 2018, sometime in 2018. Uh, my brother, he had a 12-gauge shotgun. And uh, I, I loaded a, uh, a bullet in it. and. Uh, I pulled the trigger and that was when I was on all, all the narcotics and drugs and stuff. But, uh, I, I, I pulled the trigger and it clicked and it was, it was a good shell. Um, there was nothing wrong with the gun. The gun wasn't dirty, nothing, but all it did was just click. and. At at that 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 time, I officially knew it it wasn't my time, because uh, that gun should should have went off, um, and it didn't. And I thank the higher power for it not going off. But 
when as soon as I pulled that trigger, uh, a second later, my brother walked in and uh, he 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 flipped out. He 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 didn't he about he about dropped to the ground and didn't know what to do or say. Um, but uh, the those are the times I I, I tried to self harm myself. Um, the the other time was when I got onto narcotics and uh drugs really bad. Um the worst drug I did was uh meth. Uh I never did heroin. But I was on meth really bad and the only reason was is because I was so depressed. I was trying to give up on life and I thought figured that would be uh not a good way but a way to go out i guess um since the gun thing didn't work um uh oh hey hey man take your time listen you're doing I'm great <laughs> first don't be sorry are you kidding me you just said more difficult things in three minutes than I, i've ever admitted to in my entire life so uh i'm you're doing a terrific job um what i wanted to say was is that so at the time of the of your fir- your first attempt i guess is is with the rope were you using then uh no i no. was not that okay. was probably that was probably 6 months before i started using so so that was just a depressed moment in yeah that was just a depressed moment um uh luckily it didn't the the knot came untied luckily yeah. the knot came untied well, you know well let me let me let me say this man if you if you're bipolar and you're experiencing waves of depression and then waves of you know they call it mania sometimes but there's also normal times too there's times where you're just you're not you know you're not like full of energy and running around and you're also not depressed where you just kind of feel, I guess what normal it would feel like. Do you feel like yeah. you feel normal right now? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm thinking, man, I'm not with you and I'm never going to be able to be with you. We obviously don't live anywhere near each other, but in this right. moment of normalcy for you, like, I think you have to get to someone that can help you manage the bipolar piece because everything else tumbles around that from your description, right? Like when you're when you're feeling depressed, you can feel suicidal, you can stop taking care of your blood sugars, you can, you know, there's all these other things that are happening. But if you could get on a good a good plan and and God knows I'm not the right one to tell you about it, but but my my limited experience with this would be that there are medications that can help take the craziness out of the highs, like, you know, cut a little bit out of the highs and take the depression out of the lows and allow you to find the the middle more often. Um, and, and I don't know that you won't struggle still as you're figuring it out, but at the very least you won't, you won't try to hurt yourself. It, you right. know, would, would be the goal. I think, um, right. does your mom have this too? Uh, do what? Does anyone else in your family have bipolar? Um, my mom does it runs really bad in my family um and my sister she has bipolar 
Um, she just got diagnosed with schizophrenia too, and personality or uh, split personality okay. disorder. Wait, well, listen, you're gonna you you need to worry about yourself, and you need to be the you know you need to be the first person in your family to to address this head on and try to put an end to it. Because dude, you could find an answer that could end up helping someone else in your family one day. I mean, I, I hope your son never suffers like this, but imagine, imagine if he does and you, you already know how to help him. Right. Cause right. that, that's where you're stuck right now is you have so many people stacked up in front of you who are supposed to be your support system, who are already suffering the way you are and through no fault of their own, they can't help you either. They, they've got their own struggle. But right. but maybe you can find an answer, and maybe you could help yourself first, and then and then maybe be maybe you could be the person that helps other people. You, you know, right. like I think that's a really that's a really decent goal to have. You know, for yourself personally, but then you know answers. I know it sounds silly, but you know, I I have like you know health problems that are of course nowhere near the ones you're describing, but I sometimes think that I work at them as hard as I do as much for my kids in case they get those problems as I do for myself. Like I want to find the answer so they don't waste their life looking for one, if that makes sense. Right. You know, I, I, and, and you're, listen, you you found a, a good spot here. You had some things happen to you that, that kind of shook you and, and, and are making you think of things differently. I think while you're thinking of things differently and you're, you're, you're working on things, this is the time to, to try to like take a big swing and figure something out. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. How are you doing with your blood sugars and everything? Like, how's that going? Um, so like I said, I haven't really checked my blood sugars since I was 16 until, um, this recent, uh, I think it was June. Couple months, right? Yeah. But but how's it? I I'm just talking about those couple months. Like, how are you doing? Um, I'm do, I'm doing a lot better. I mean, the first month was kind of touchy. Uh, my blood sugars were always high a lot. Mm -hmm. It would run from two fifty to five hundred. Um, and then finally, uh, I got them like second month. The second month, uh, I. They started running about, uh, I want to say, 170 to uh, 280, 300. Oh, man, that's way better. And then, yeah. 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 Um, and then this last month, this last month, um, it, it's been it's been staying in the hundreds. Every now and then it'll be up above 200, but it ain't been up above 300. Yeah, look at you for this last month. Hey, well, first of all, congratulations. That's really well done. And thank you. Uh, yo, no, you're very welcome. And is it is it helping you feel better? I mean, it has to be helping you feel better, right? Yes, yes. I'm not feeling uh drowsy all the time, not feeling weak anymore. Um I've I've actually uh been going out at night and uh after work or something and walk uh this trail we got down in the called the trail it, it goes through six seven different towns and cities here but yeah. 
uh, I'll I'll just walk the one that's in the town I'm in. I I walk that for about three four hours every night with a friend of mine, and I I think that's been helping me a lot. Uh, I've been eating a lot more healthy. Good for you. I've been eating a lot of salads, a lot of eggs, protein, and I've been eating a lot of meat. And now I I, I feel really I feel healthier. That's excellent. I, I really do. This all came just from your the DKA scare in Walmart. Um, so, somewhat. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhat. I had two more DKAs after the one in January. Um. I had one in, I want to say, uh, April. Yeah, it was April. It was uh, two weeks before my birthday. I had one. I was down uh, in the town I used to live in at that time. Mm. Um, I, I I was throwing up, and my little brother. Uh, uh, when I say I, my brothers, I, they're not actually my blood brothers. They're just really good friends. Your boys, yeah, yeah. But anyway, my, my, one of my little brothers, uh, he asked me if I was okay, and I said, "Yeah, uh, I just don't feel good and just throwing up. That's it. You know, I think I ate something bad, but and because I, I, I literally thought I ate something bad, and I was just throwing it up." Mm-hmm. But an hour after I was sewing up, I my chest started hurting, my arms and like what happened the first time started happening again. Yeah, yeah. So you knew what it was then. I I couldn't move. I could not move. It was much worse this time than it was the first time, and I I couldn't say anything. Um, I I couldn't even catch my breath, and uh. My little brother came in there uh, an hour later and stuff. When all that stuff happened, it was starting to happen. And he said, John, you're not okay. And he put, he put me in uh, his mom's car and carried me to his mom's car, drugged me. <laughs> but uh, and he he's only 16. He didn't have a driver's license, nothing. But he drove me to the hospital. And the hospital took care of me. I was in there for a couple of days, you know, procedures. And then this last time, the third time was, it was actually three weeks, I want to say two or three weeks before I texted you that, that first message. Um, I, I woke up or I, I had to work the day before, but I woke up at 12 at night. I remember uh, I threw up and... I ate a veggie burger, and I've never had a veggie burger, <clears throat> but I ate one, so I thought it didn't agree with my stomach. Gotcha. So I, I threw up. I felt okay after that. Went back to bed. Six o'clock rolled around. I was supposed to be at work by uh, eight or no nine. I was supposed to be at work by nine, but six o'clock rolled around, and I I got up and. I went to the bathroom. As soon as I got done using the bathroom, I, I went to go to my bed to lay down for another hour. <clears throat> and as soon as I laid on my bed, I just threw up everywhere. After that, 
oh, excuse me. After that, uh, I I started feeling the chest pain and stuff, and I said, "This ain't right. This is not right." So I banged on my mom's bedroom door, said, mom, get up now. I need to go to the hospital now. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she didn't know what was going on. She was half asleep, you know. And I told her, call 911 now. Tell them I need an ambulance because I already knew what was going on. Yeah. And I, I wasn't going to play around this time. I wasn't going to try to play with it. Um, fire truck and ambulance showed up. And... Uh, I, I couldn't, uh, I was trying to keep calm about it. I was learning, I learned from the first two to not overreact about it, uh, to keep calm and slow breathing. Um, and so that's what I was doing. I was still trying to ca- catch my breath and stuff, you know, but I was keeping calm about it. And uh, that that one wasn't as bad as the first or second one, but <laughs> The second one was the worst one I've went through. Well, let's let's. And I've only I've I've only had three DKAs, and they were all this year. Yeah, I was gonna and say let's I focus really on surprised. never having a fourth one. That that's that's an e- that's an easy yes, goal yes. to like keep <laughs> after, right? So, yes. what are you doing now to to stop that? I mean, you've got these incredibly you know improved blood sugars. Like, what is it you're doing now? You're eating better. You you're checking your blood sugar more frequently. Taking your insulin. Yes. Um, I, I check my blood sugar every time I, or at least 15 minutes before I eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I check it an hour and a half to two hours after I eat. And then I check it pretty much. I check it, uh, probably every two to three hours. Cause I found out my, my blood sugars like to skyrocket in a matter of minutes yeah so I, I i keep on top of it now i take 50 units of uh uh levimir mm-hmm. um every morning um and then i take I'm, I'm on a sliding scale so whatever my blood sugar is depends on however much insulin i take okay yeah, I and and are you still using the Walmart, the Novalin? Uh, no, no, no. you're using the uh, Levamir now, and like I'm using what the doctor prescribed. Great, great. Okay. Uh, my short term, it, which is the one I take for the sliding scale, is Novolog. Novolog, and then my long term is Levamir. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm sorry, Novolog or Novalin is a mix of the two. I don't, I, I, you know what? It's funny. The word sliding scale made me think of. <laughs> of like an older management style of like regular and MPH management style. Um, right. But that's, that's really interesting. I wonder, are, but now are you seeing, obviously you're seeing a doctor, are they checking your A1Cs for you when you go in? Yes. Yes. I see them every three months. Um, actually October, I had October 1st, I got to go in for my next appointment. Um, I see them every month or every three months. Do you remember what and your last A1C my, was? My last one was 8.9. Okay. The highest mine's ever been was, I think it was 14.1, which is really, really high. Yeah. yeah. What do you think it might be this time? Are you hoping for something in the sevens? uh, Yes. I'm hoping at least (laughs) 7.3. Oh, look at you. I heard that's a fascinating number for that. (laughs) 
I like um, that you're focused on that. That's that's really cool. I think you're definitely going to get a decrease. Um, yes. And yes. and are you experiencing a lot of like lows? Um, not really. No. Uh, uh, my butcher doesn't like to go low. Um, it always likes to go high for some reason. <laughs> um, the lowest I have ever been though, I was in the sixth grade. I was walking and talking just, just like I always do, you know? Hmm. And, uh, it, it was down to 15. Wow. That's low. You didn't have a seizure and then? The nurse, the nurse told me, she was like, you shouldn't even be walking right now, let alone talking. And I was like, what do you mean? She told me what it was. I, says, was I was so shocked. Yeah. She said, look, I'm a little kid. Stop talking to me and help me. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um, well, listen, if you're, you know, if you come in next time with a seven point, you know, whatever, that's amazing. If you're not getting low, you just haven't used too much insulin. Um, but yep. there's more space in there for you, you know, to to be slightly more aggressive and to get to where you're trying to be. Because listen, getting your blood sugars lower and stable it really is going to make you feel a, a ton better. And when you already have other issues that kind of mess with the way your your head's working, you don't need another thing making you feel cloudy or, you know, confused or anything like that. Like, you, you know, you got enough going on. You don't need another thing. So right. so I think managing your blood sugars is a great way of, of feeling better. And then, you know, I can't, I, I mean, listen, I'm not your dad, right? But I I would... If you've got insurance right now, man, I would find um, a psychiatrist to help you with the bipolar. You don't want to just go to a general doctor. And I'm not saying psychiatrist like, you know, you're crazy. Right, right. Like, I'm not saying it like that. These are just people who really understand these drugs and specific brain issues, right? Um, because if you could find uh, a, a course of treatment that would keep your, like I said, keep your bipolar, the highs from being too high and the lows from being too low and keep you more in the middle. That plus your blood sugars being better, man, that's a, it's a 300,000% improvement in your life, you know? Right. And it sounds like you want, like, I'm not wrong, right? You, you don't want to die. You're not looking no. to have, you're, you're trying to keep yourself going, right? Yes. Yeah. That, that's the way, man. Like, like getting those, those two things, uh, more, uh, I don't want to say under control, but but having a good understanding of them so that you can manage them better, I think those are the pathways to you doing better, being alive for a long time, and and finding answers for yourself, and and being around for your son and everything else. You know. Yes. Yeah. After my son was born, when I held him and stuff, um, the day he was born, it that 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 kind of. Help me open my eyes more. Um, I, I didn't want to die anymore. I didn't, I didn't want to uh, do crazy stuff anymore, like drugs or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wanted because him looking me in the eye when I held him, it, it was a feeling that no one can ever feel until that moment. You know. Yeah, it really is something, isn't it? Hey, I'm sure you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, right up. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I cried. I really did. And But seeing him, 
in, in my arms and stuff and smiling at me. Uh, it, it changed my perspective on life. Yeah. Like, like I said, I didn't want to die anymore. I wanted to be something and I wanted to be there for him. I wanted him to remember me as he went through a lot of shit, but part of my language, I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll bleep it out. Uh, more. He, went, he, he went through a lot of stuff and he's still here and he's bettered himself. Yeah. I mean, you have a real opportunity. He, he's a druggie or something, you know? No, no. But you have a real opportunity to set up a life for him that's just so much better than yours. You, you know what I mean? And yes. and that is the that's the goal. Like it, it really is. I, I I genuinely think that you know I don't think there's much I wouldn't do for my family. And um, you know, and I think that right now the best thing you could do for yours is is to take care of your health. So that you can start making bigger decisions. So you can get, you know, jobs that aren't just like week long jobs, but they're jobs that you, you know, can grow in and, and make some more money and have more stability and make sure you have right. health insurance for yourself. Um, you know, stuff like that. I love that you're eating better. I like that you're getting out and um and exercising, that you got a, a group of guys that uh that sound like they they've got your back. You know, you haven't you haven't been how long has it been since you used? Uh, uh used uh, like heavier narcotics, stuff. yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, it, it was tomorrow will be a full year since I've oh, used. Congratulations! Um, well, the day, the day after, or no, actually tonight. Actually, um, when my son's mother broke it off with me and stuff, I, I felt like my heart was ripped out, and so, uh, <laughs> is that why I she and. Uh, do what is that why she broke up with you uh no uh because i was actually clean at that time okay. um uh, i was actually almost a year clean um but uh she she uh just fell out of love with me so uh that's what she said anyway yeah, but i hear uh, what you're saying girls tough yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but that night i just felt like my whole life got taken away from me so i went and used that night which was august 26 26 of 2019 mm -hmm. before that it was i think uh october of 2018 somewhere in there okay. i was the last day i used now was the time i put it to put the pipe down I never shot up. I would never do that. But uh, I put I put the pipe down and decided I can't I can't do it. I, I regret doing it when she broke it off. And I've never used since that day, and I never will use again. Good for you. For That's the simple fact, I I can't let my son know that. I mean, he's going to find out eventually, you know, I'm but sure. You, you don't want to be the one to show I, him that that I don't want him the world. To, yeah. yeah, I don't want him to see me go through that, you know. Dude, you've been through a lot. You, you, seriously, let me talk to you for a second. From the time you're 12 to now is only eight years. It's half your life almost. You've been through more than most people are going to be through in their entire lives, maybe two lifetimes. And the fact and, that you're standing see, here. Ev ev you know, everybody says that. And. It blows my mind because 
I, I, I feel like there, there, there should be, there probably, there most likely is more people out there in my situation, you know, not the exact situation, but you, you know what I mean? Like, I do. And it, it just blows my mind when people tell me that, um, I, I, I've been told I have a metal mindset of a 40 year old and from many, many people. And a lot of times I don't see it, you know, but it, it just blows my mind when people say that yeah. it really does. Well, my, my point is that you've got a lot of experience. You've made a lot of decisions about what's right and wrong. Like you're building your own structure of, of how to live. Like, so when no one gives it to you when you're young, right? When no one tells you this is right, this is wrong, um, you know, gives you an example of how to work your days, how to take care of your, your health, you're left to figure that out on your own. And to be perfectly honest with you, a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old kid is not equipped to figure that out. And if that kid happens to be bipolar, they're definitely not equipped to figure that out. So here's the way I would look at you, man somehow against the odds you're still here you tried to kill yourself a couple of times you didn't take care of your blood sugar you decay a bunch you, you used hard enough drugs you know you've put yourself in situations where, and here you are like you said you're still standing here that's that's enough of a reason to want to keep going and now you've got some actual experience and you now can see you know these are things i want to do and these are things i don't want to do and what i'm saying to you is get yourself in the care of a physician that can help you with the bipolar thing before the bipolar swings a different way and knocks you off course because that could last months and and then you could end up back in DK again you could get depressed again you could there's a lot of things that could happen i'm saying that to me seems like like that's the thing to do today like like forget tomorrow like get done with me find out what insurance you have find a doctor near you that can help you with this and get there and so that you can tell him the story or her the story that you just told me and and tell him, look, I don't I don't want this like I don't want my life to go backwards again. I'm focused. I know what I want. Please help me stay here. That that's that's I think your your next step. I mean, unless you think unless you have a plan that I'm I'm just not aware of. Oh no, that sounds really good, actually. Right? I'm like teared up right now. Yeah, <laughs> like why why like like don't give this away, man? Like this is a this is a moment for you and yes. you know, and, and I think dive in, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think be the person who comes back on this podcast a year from now and it's like, Hey Scott, what's up? You know, I've, I'm, I've, I figured out the bipolar thing that's going way better. My A1 C's and the sixes. I see my son, you, you know, like there's, there's a lot there for you, man. There's a lot of ceiling. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a lot more good in front of you than, than not like i don't see why you wouldn't right. reach for it right yeah that's all i mean seriously how many of these things could have taken you down and none of them did so and you're only 20 man I, you have no idea like you're like a baby <laughs> you, you, I, I, you wouldn't feel that way because you you're the oldest you've ever been right now to you you're the you know um you know this is this is the end but this is the beginning and you just there's a lot there's a lot ahead of you that that I, it sounds attainable. How, um, what are you interested in doing for work? Like if you, if you had your head about you and you weren't getting, you know, if you weren't feeling depressed and stuff like that, is there something you'd like to be doing? Um, I, I want to 
I dropped out of high school, so I never got my high school diploma. Okay. Um, I want to go get my high school diploma or my GED mm-hmm. and go to college for business, carpentry, and welding. And I, I, I really want like my my main goal is to, uh, not my main one, but my all time goal, I guess, is to open my own business up for uh carpentry work or welding or both yeah well, i don't see why you can, are, have you done those things before are you good at them yes i am very good at uh, them i used to i uh, when i was 13 i built a whole house trailer just from the frame <laughs> well me and this guy my mom was with uh he he taught me a lot on carpentry mm-hmm. and we just had the frame of a old house trailer, nothing, no walls, nothing, just yeah. a frame. And we built a whole house trailer on that. That's cool. What kind of welding do you, do you, can you stick and MIG or what do you, what have you done? Uh, I don't know what kind of welding it is. Uh, I think it's wire welding or whatever. Uh, we have a little, gun and it has a wire in it yeah and then you just pull the trigger and yeah. yeah that's mig welding yeah yeah that's that and that's I'm incredibly very, valuable very too at that. yeah good for you see dude those are are good solid attainable goals that there's nothing that you haven't said anything that you can't do you know what i mean yep. like you i know it sounds stupid it really does because it doesn't no, feel it apples doesn't. to apples <laughs> no no hold on a second but but i i you, Think about it. You're talking to me right now. You're going to be on a podcast that reaches, you know, at this point, it's reached millions of people. And and I just one day said to myself, I'm going to make this thing. And I know I didn't have to learn to weld to do it or, you know, or or get my GED first, but I didn't know what I was doing. I just decided to do it and figured out some steps and started taking them. I started, I, I did something. I completed it. I moved to the next thing. I completed it. I moved to the next thing. I completed it. And eventually there was a podcast there and no one was listening to it. And then I just decided this is the right thing to do. I'll keep doing it. It'll grow. And it grew and it grew and it grew until one day it reached a girl who was hurting herself and depressed and her life was out of control. And now she's not like that anymore. And her story brought you here. There's no reason why you can't move forward too. She just got a job she told me about recently. She's doing really well. And so all she did was go to a doctor, you know, have the balls to go to the doctor, walk in there and say what's up. And you've already said it here. You know, you've got the balls to do it and followed some good advice and, and things got better for her. I don't see why you couldn't be, you know, uh, have a, have an easily have a handyman service that, that, you know, specializes in welding and, and, and carpentry. I don't, I don't see why you couldn't do that. Um, do, do you know what home advisor is? Home advisor. Yeah. 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 You, you, it's like one of those websites you go to and you're like, I'm looking to have this fixed and it, it tells you people in your area. Right. Yep. Um, uh, within the next month, my plan is within the next month, um, to get on with them. So that way I have side work. Yeah, some leads. I I used to work with them, 
back in 2018 where I used to live. I didn't get many jobs because it was a small area. But, uh, and then I stopped working with them because I couldn't keep paying them and stuff. Well, listen, uh, you also, for, Jonathan, you want to be somebody too who, when they show up to work, the person who's hiring you looks and goes, I feel good about this. Like I've, I've had people come into my home a number of times to do things. And some, and sometimes people show up and you're like, all right, I feel good about this. And the guy starts working, does a good job. And you're like, all right, I've also had people show up where I'm like, uh Oh, this guy's strung out. You know, you know what I mean? Like I can tell right away and then I don't right. feel good about working with him again. And, and so y- you, you, you make yourself, you're the face of the company. You know what I mean? Like you be somebody that when you show up, people speak to you. You're a genuine person. You seem very good hearted. And so you show up and you're good hearted and genuine. You work hard, you do a good job. And then somebody else tells someone, Hey, you know, I had Jonathan out. He, you know, he, I don't know. He, he put, he put a new patio on the front of my place for me. It's great. And he did a good job. He didn't screw around. He didn't overcharge me, and uh, I think you should use them too. That's word of mouth, man. That's putting out a good podcast and having someone listen to it, and someone else goes and checks it out because somebody says, hey, you know, I, I listened to this thing, and it was good. That's all yeah. you're trying to do. You're trying to build yourself, build your brand, yeah. and 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 be somebody that people want to be around and, 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 you know, make yourself desirable to them. I don't see how – I don't see that that's not possible for you. You do – you know, for somebody who's been through as much as you have – you're not an ass and you're not lost and your thoughts are clear and you know, you, you haven't, you haven't gone too far the other way, man. Like don't, don't think of yourself as lost. Just, I, I would, if I was you, I'd think of myself as having just popped out of that trail and, you know, into an open field and you have a lot of possibilities in front of you. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, man, it's my pleasure. Listen, if that's not how you came off today, I wouldn't have said that to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you, you could have said some other different stuff and I wouldn't have felt like that, but that's, that's how you appear to me. You think you are that person? Yes. Well, go be that person. You know, you just, uh, you just got a couple of medical things you're going to need help with. Everybody listening to this podcast has medical things they need help with. And, you know, there's no shame in that. And so to deal with it head on and. You know, I mean, you could say a lot of weird things, take the bull by the horns, uh, you know, whatever, but you know, just don't let it happen to you anymore. Just, you know, you do something first, you try to affect it instead of, instead of waiting for something crappy to happen. And then you having to, you know, react to it. You decide what happens next. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, Jonathan, I think we did good here today. You, you comfortable with all this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You you want me, you want to let people hear this, or would you just rather yes, this yes. have been a nice conversation you and I had together, and we'll we'll put it away. Uh, I I don't mind people listening to. Cool, it. that's good. I, I think it would help. I, well, I definitely think I definitely think it could. Um, I will. I'll tell you what. When I go back, if you want, I'll beep out like the names of your town. Would you want me to do that? Do what? Like you said the names of towns you've lived in before. Would you want me to take those out or are you okay with them being there? Uh, you take them out. Yeah. yeah. I did. I didn't want to stop you while you were doing it. Cause I didn't want you to feel right. like self-conscious while you were talking, but I'll do that. I'll beep out your towns. Um, and, uh, but other than that, do you, how do you feel right now? Do you feel better or does this, did this make you feel bad? It may, it helped. It helped a oh. lot. 
Well, I'm glad. I really am. Getting somebody else's point of view, it, it helped. That's cool. Well, listen, and now you got to find that other person in your life. Like, can't be me, right? But there's, right. There, you got to find someone who you look at and go, this person's got their head screwed on super straight. They know what's up. They could be, you know, a guiding figure for me for a little while because you can't, n- nobody can do it by themselves. You know, like I, uh, listen, my son's had a lot of advantages in his life and he's 20. If I, if I left right now, if my wife and I were just like, he's fine. And we just abandoned him. His life would not go as well as it could. He needs guidance still. He's 20. They say, by the way, uh, people's brains aren't even fully formed until they're in their mid twenties. So, you know, you, you just need help sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just need a little guidance from somebody who knows. And if you don't, if you're not related to somebody who can do that for you, you know, you might have to end up finding other people like that's, and that's not as easy as it sounds probably, but, but look for those people, look for people who make sense, you know, and, and, um, and see if they can't help you make sense too. lean on people a little bit. There's, there's no shame in that whatsoever. Is there anything we didn't talk about, man, that you'd like to talk about? Um, there, there was one thing, yeah. um, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, I, I used to be on a insulin pump. Okay. Uh, it was a T-Slim. I don't know if you I know that it. one. I don't have it. Um, My daughter doesn't have it, but I, I, I know it, a fair amount about it. Um, I got, when, when I first found out I was diabetic, I got put on regular shots, with syringes and all that. Yeah. Or the needles. Um, uh, when I was 15, no yeah i was 15 or just turning 15 something like that Mm -hmm. somewhere around that time um i got my doctor uh uh he suggested an insulin pump because i didn't like taking the shots every two three hours okay so he suggested the insulin pump and I got put on the insulin pump and it was working pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, it was working really good. And then I think it was 2017, the end of 2017, it, it about killed me. Um, I was, I had just filled, I was out, I was living out in the middle of nowhere at my brother's and his mom. Yeah. Um, and everybody had went to work. I was there by myself. I had no phone at the time, so no way to get a hold of anybody. Mm-hmm. My ins- I just had filled my insulin up the night before, and it took uh three hundred units, I think it was. Okay. Yeah, and I I filled it up and all that. Well. Uh, apparently it stopped working in the middle sometime in the middle of the night uh it, ju- it just stopped giving me insulin like it was it was the screen would t- still turn on and stuff right it just wasn't pumping insulin anymore well i woke up around six that or seven sometime in the morning um and i i felt like crap so i didn't think any of it 
um, of my insulin pump not working. Um, so I ate something, you know, put in my uh, thing, my insulin pump, you know, put the carbs in and all that. Because I used to count carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I did all that and it calculated for me and all that. Anyway, uh, three, four hours went by and stuff and I started throwing up. It was, it was about 10, 30, 11. I started throwing up. Um, my brother came home around 3 PM and that's when he got off. When he got home, the kitchen floor was filled with throw up. And yeah, I was were... puking, I started puking up blood yeah. because there was nothing else in my stomach. Yeah. You were in DKA because you stomach weren't getting acid. Just, yeah. I, I, I think that's what that was. No, um, you were. That, that's uh, exactly what you're describing. The doctors didn't tell me it was DKA, but I, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I started throwing up blood and stuff and he could, and like, uh, I was laying on the couch I don't remember this part. My brother does. He told me what happened, but he 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 couldn't find me. He didn't know what the mm-hmm. f- was going on. Mm-hmm. My, my so and he heard me uh, gurgling and stuff, and because I was I was choking choking on my own vomit and stuff. Yeah, because I couldn't move, and he he picked me up or turned me on to my side, let the liquid come out, you know. And I I could barely breathe still. So he ran. We only lived like 10 minutes from the hospital. But he he drove me to the hospital. He was speeding. He had two cops uh, with the red lights on <laughs> following him because he was speeding. And they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Got into the ER and stuff. Uh, cops tried to stop him and stuff. But they realized that I wasn't okay. Right. And so they they were chill about it, you know. But uh, I went in there and they told me if I showed up an hour to an hour and a half later, I would have most likely been dead. Yeah. But Jonathan, listen, it's simple. You need insulin, and right? I, yeah. And, and if what? you just you need insulin and without insulin, you've seen it in your life. When you're injecting or with a pump, so if something went wrong with the pump or if you did something wrong with the pump or whatever, and you're not getting that insulin, this is your body's reaction to not having this insulin. I mean, it's just, it's simple. Are you thinking you'd like to try a pump again, but you're worried? Is that what you're asking me? Um, I mean, somewhat, but I'm really worried because the the pump malfunctioned. The doctors looked at it and it it did malfunction. Okay, it was just one of those malfunction ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, I mean, I would love to try another one again. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm kind of fine with the pins. Yeah, the insulin pins I got. Because uh, it it was hard for me being on the pump, because when when I was on the pump, me and I, I couldn't do uh, things that other people could do, such as playing football or just messing around and just wrestling. You know, um, I I couldn't I couldn't do those things. Well, I think you should do whatever makes you comfortable. Seriously, like right, if, right. if if, if, if you're I'm good with injections, you're good with, with the it. pump. 
or with the pins my bad <laughs> no no um i i do believe in the future like maybe when i'm in my 35 40s <laughs> i i might switch over back to the pump right but i mean right now i i'd rather just stick with the pins because well I, i'm young and i still got a lot more stuff i can do you know listen i think you should do whatever makes you comfortable first of all but don't think that like you today is not you then. So you, you understand that when your pump stopped working, your blood sugar started going up, but you weren't testing your blood sugar. So you'd have no idea. You were just like, this thing will take care of that it. That is very true. Right. But nowadays you'd be like three hours later, you'd test your blood sugar and go, hey, my blood sugar is going up. And you'd look at the pump and figure out what was going on. It was just you were a different person then than you are now uh, around your diabetes. So I'm not saying switch to a pump, but I'm also saying don't get it into your head that you'll be more um uh, I don't know, mature or, or less done doing active things in your thirties and it'll be easier for you because there are plenty of people who wear pumps and, and are really active. And, um, but I'm also not telling you to switch. I'm just saying, don't feel limited by that one situation. I think if you were testing back then the way you are now, that would not have happened to you. That's all I'm saying. Right. You know, so you and know, I fully agree with that. Yeah. Also, I think you have, um, uh, bigger fish to fry, as they say at the moment. Like, I really think, man, your first step is the, is the depression bipolar piece. Like that's where you, you want to put your effort right now. And then once you have that in a, in a handleable situation, maybe you'll, maybe then you'll start thinking about a pump or a glucose monitor. Maybe you don't, maybe you'd rather have a, if you're going to wear something and your, your insurance will cover it, get a Dexcom so you can see your blood sugar in real time. Like, wait, do you see how that helps you use your insulin? Like, that's really cool. I, yeah. I've been thinking about asking my doctor about that too. If your insurance covers it, man, go for it. Seriously. But, but just, you know, first things first, get somebody to help you or you call your insurance company and get numbers and, and, and find yourself somebody who can help you with the bipolar piece. Like I can't stress enough that I think that's, that should be your next step. I, I agree. Yeah. That's it, man. I think, I think that's, that's, that's a good place to leave off for you and I. Um, but you know, I, I, please send me a message and let me know how it's going. And, uh, I will. yeah, I, sure. I would, I'd love to know that you found a doctor and, the, and that you're working on it. Just remember too, once you find that doctor, I don't know how smooth it's going to go in the beginning. So try to have patience with it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Those medications can be um, difficult to get dialed in correctly. Um, but if you think you're going to, you know, if you're going to, if you think you're going to have an episode without help, then I don't know. I like who you are right now. I'd like you to be able to stay this person. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Hey, I really appreciate you doing this. This is, uh, could not have been easy. So, I, I appreciate it. wasn't, it really wasn't. Yeah. But I appreciate you letting me have this opportunity uh, it's my ple it was my pleasure I, i'm glad you reached out well i can't thank jonathan enough for coming on the show and being so incredibly honest with everybody thanks also to dexcom and omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast you can find those links at juiceboxpodcast.com in the show notes of your podcast player or you can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box to get a free no obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump sent directly to your home. And of course, learn all about the Dexcom G6, including those alarms and that follow feature. Up to 10 people can follow the Dexcom G6 
on an Android or Apple phone. It's pretty amazing. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is at 1-800-273-8255. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is a United States-based suicide prevention network of over 160 crisis centers that provide 24-7 service toll-free. It's available to anyone in suicidal crisis or emotional distress. If that is you, call the number right now, 1-800-273-8255. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has a helpline for people who are struggling with mental or substance use disorders. It's the SAMHSA's National Helpline, 1-800-662-4357. It's 1-800-662-HELP. 4357. The national hotline is confidential, free, and available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It's in English or Spanish for individuals and family members facing mental and or substance abuse disorders. This service provides referrals to local treatment facilities, support groups, and community-based organizations. Callers can also order free publications and other information. Check them out at samhsa.gov or call 1-800-662-4357. If you're in distress, go find help. Are you enjoying the After Dark series but think there's more that we could cover? Something I'm not thinking of? Send me an email, scott at juiceboxpodcast.com. I'm always looking for new topics and new people to talk to. Don't forget, you can check the blog out at juiceboxpodcast.com. And if you're looking for a wonderful community where you can speak to other people who are not only people living with type 1 diabetes or somebody who cares for them, but someone who listens to this podcast, if you're really looking for somebody who gets you, there is a Facebook page that is private. It has nearly 6,000 users. 4,000 of them are on there every day. It's the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook group. You can get to it through juiceboxpodcast.com. There's a link at the top. You can go to Facebook and search for it. Just answer a couple of entry questions, and just like that, you're in. And you're having conversations with people who are living the life you are. It's an amazing group. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Juicebox Podcast, and once again, to Jonathan for sharing his story. We'll be back soon with another episode. I appreciate you listening and sharing, and I really appreciate when you subscribe in your podcast app.